welcome to episode two something something of the Hooniverse podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Glucker, and I've just ordered my dinner, which you don't care about. I've poured a beer, which you might care about, so I'm going to tell you about it. It is from Alpine Beer Co., which is a San Diego or Southern California-based beer outside of San Diego, and this is their duet. It's a, just a mainstay beer from them, and it's delicious, and you should get a hold of Alpine while you still can because they're hurting. They were purchased, 50% of them, 50% of the company was purchased by Green Flash a few years back, or like two years ago, and now Green Flash, which was once like the, the rising rocket of the craft beer industry, is screwed. They grew too big, too fast, and they screwed themselves. But Alpine is delicious, and I hope they don't take Alpine out on their way down. So, car podcast. Let's talk about car stuff. What's going on in the world? Well, I just got, you know, like a week ago, I got my 74 Benz back. It was at an auto sound place, a car audio place, because Clarion hooked it up. And that car, the W114, has a full audio system now. And it sounds motherfucking sweet. What I did not do is remove the original Becker head unit, working Becker head unit, from the center console. That is still there. We've bypassed that system. I've utilized the Clarion Marine division for an audio brain. So I have the like a square, the type of head unit you would find on a boat. I have that mounted in the center console, custom mounted. And I can that does FM, AM. Um, it does satellite radio if I wanted it. It does like wideband radio if you need it for boat stuff. And then it does Bluetooth as well. Uh, and then aux in as well. So I had custom aux ins installed as well, which there'll be a video and a story on this install on Hooniverse soon. Um, so that is mounted custom in the center console below the armrest. In the doors, we have a pair of component speakers. So little tweeters and then I think five and a half is... Uh, I'll double check on that, but I think they're five and a half inch speakers. The components are a little higher. The um, the tweeters are a little higher. The speakers are a little lower. And then in the rear deck, we have two six by nines. And then up cut into the seat, you know, behind the seat from inside the trunk, because there's a massive trunk behind this car, is a custom built box with a subwoofer firing through the seat. Um, and there's some amps hidden as well. So I think it's one amp for five out. And it sounds excellent. Um, there is no rattles. There's it's it just sounds fantastic, and I'm super happy with it. The car even has a backup camera now, which is kind of funny. But Clarion wanted to throw in, and I said, "Why not? Can't hurt." It's mounted above my license plate, and then if you look down when you put the car in reverse, you can see it on the Marine audio, the Marine head unit. It's it's pretty funny, but it's uh, kind of cool at the same time. So I have that going for me, which is nice. While the car was there, I decided to have the um, the windows tinted because it's something I've wanted to do for a while. I paid for this. Clarion didn't pay for that. Uh, and the car was done at Beach Auto Sound in Huntington Beach, which is the same place that did my truck. And I don't know. No, I don't know what that bird is outside and the sun is setting. So I do not know what that bird is. I'm assuming you can hear that loud ass bird outside. Um, I live in Lake Forest, California, and apparently the forest portion of the name is living up to it. It's like I'm in a Disney video right now. So Beach Auto Sound, I had them tint the windows, the side glass, the rear glass, just went with a medium tint to just cool down the cabin. There was no tint and it was like a greenhouse in there and I don't have the AC fixed yet. So this is a nice 
interim solution in the meantime and then you know protect the speakers in the interior and all the rest of it just it, it keeps prying eyes away from the in- inside of the car not that they're looking at a mediocre w114 on the street um, but it's nice to have uh, so I'm excited about that. J- driving home, listening to the audio system. I, I was so pumped. It sounds so good. F- since I've had that car, all I've listened to was, um, the original Becker and the single speaker in the, the dash, which was never enough. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. Um, the other Benz is at OC car. That's the name of the shop. I don't know if I've said that yet. It's at OC Car, which is down the street from me, and they do amazing work. Look them up on Instagram. At their, I think it's just at OC Car Inc. Inc. So it should be pretty easy to find. Um, I just got an update. I'm going to give you updates along the way. My, my goal is to finish this before my food gets here, and it says it should be ready in 50 minutes. So we're good to go there because you know I never do a solo episode that's that that long. Um, So the car is there. They're creating a list of what it will take to get it running and driving. The news is, I I don't know if I've said this either. I forget if I have. I might have said it in the last podcast with Josh, but I was too excited to go see Infinity War, which, no spoilers, is awesome. If you're a fan of the MCU, you have to see this. Um, It was so good. Um, But the Benz were ditching the Hemi, and we're going LS. LS LS-based something. A GM motor, be it an LQ with with heads to make it an LS or an LS3, something along those lines. It's just going to make everything that much easier as we move forward with this project. And and it, I think it's going to be running and driving this year. It might not be full Safari spec, but I want to get it to a point where I can drive it on a daily basis safely. Um, and then I'm going to sell the one W114 to clear space and money to make all of that happen. So look out for that. So I'm, I'm still upgrading the W114, still repairing things r- right up to, to the point where I'm going to be like, all right, I'm listing it for sale. Um, so there's that. Uh, I must have mentioned that because I feel like I've already said that the W114 is, it will be for sale. It's unofficially for sale. You know, when all of my cars are for sale at any given time with the right offer, but the W114 is much more unofficially officially for sale. Like, I'm not going to list it yet, but if someone came to me and said, I'll give you X for it tomorrow, it's gone. I don't know what that number is, but I have an idea of what I at least want to get out of the car. Um, and I would talk about that with a potential buyer. So so that's where we're at on that. Now, I've been driving some good stuff, but the car I'm in this week has me pretty surprised. I expected it to be good. I just didn't expect to like really enjoy it as much as I am. And I've only been driving it for a few days. I am in the brand new Lexus LS 500, which is a car I would never own. I would never buy one. Um, if someone was interested in luxury cars, but cared less about the driving and more about just the luxury without, you know, going crazy like a Bentley or something wildly expensive. Cause I think this probably starts at like 87,000 which in its space is good because, you know, an X, an S class and a seven series and an A8 may all start there, but instantly, as soon as you even smell the options list are well over a hundred thousand dollars. Um, I don't think this one will shoot much higher over a hundred. It'll shoot a little bit, you know, like the hybrid or an F sport variant or something like that. Probably the hybrid, the hybrid, the long wheelbase hybrid will be, you know, like one twenty. Um, it's in the same vein as the Jags, XJ, which is a car that even fully specced out, you're like, 
Huh, that's that's a pretty good deal for a really good car. The Lexus, this thing feels it feels like far sportier in the driver's seat than I expected. It's kind of closed in in there. I haven't had a chance to sit in the back seat yet, but it looks fantastic back there. And the massage seats are supposed to be actually good. Like whenever a car has massaging seats, it's always kind of a gimmick. It's, it's always like, all right, that's nice for two seconds. And then it's also nice to be like, to, to brag to someone like my car has massaging seats. Oh yeah. How often do you use them? Pretty much never because it's not like getting an actual massage. There's never been a massaging seat that feels like a real massage, at least to me. Apparently, and I haven't tried them yet, apparently the massaging seats in the back seat of this car are damn near close to the real thing. Um, you know, minus the, never mind, I'm not going to make a happy ending joke. Um, <laughs> so I got to try those out. But currently in the passenger side rear seat, there's a giant car seat sitting there. So I can't sit in that one just yet, but I will jump behind my seat to see how comfortable it would be to sit behind a six foot plus driver. Six, three, for those of you keeping score at home, though nobody is. So the audio systems, Mark's Levinson, and it's fine. It's clean. It's, it's nice. I've been playing it pretty loudly with the windows up and it's, 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 it sounds good. This, the driver's seat is supremely comfortable in sport and sport. Plus the engine response is nice. It's a 416 horsepower V8. So, you know, that's not unexpected. The nose is growing on me. It kind of fits the rest of the shape of the car. I'm not, it's not pretty, but this is a far more imposing Lexus LS than we're used to seeing. Before it was much more of a subtle thing, you know, very old school Japanese almost in a way where this one is far more aggressive. Um, and I think that could make it far more appealing to people who would potentially prefer a German vehicle uh, because those have gotten, those got aggressive far earlier. Um, the Audi is still pretty, not sedate, but more subdued in its styling, whereas Mercedes is kind of, I don't want to say going over the top, but it's its more aggressive than S-classes of past. And the BMW was the first one to kind of make the jump into a more aggressive, you know, Bangle wasn't aggressive, but it was a bit more standout. So this is, this is a much more aggressive, far more aggressive Lexus LS than we're used to seeing. And impressions after just a few days are it's it's a really really nice car and even the the horrible normally horrible mouse based control of the infotainment system is much better like it's it's much more responsive it it stops more easily on the menu options it's just a it's it's a much better version of a of a crappy system it's 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 way better than if you've ever used their systems in the past. It's it's actually not bad. The heads-up display is really nice and clear, and it's full color. It even gives you alerts of when people are coming up in your blind spot through the head-up display. <coughs> so it's this is a this is a definitely a leap over the prior car. I really want to drive the F Sport version because in years past, I don't know if they're still going to do it, but the F Sport Lexus LS always had a mechanical diff a limited slip diff and you could do some just like mega fat meaty break stands and burnouts. So I, I might test that on this car. We'll see. I mean, of course I'm going to, um, but I'm looking forward to, to doing that one. Uh, on the, Oh, I just had the McLaren 570 spider too. And that was, I mean, it's great. What are you, what are you going to say? It's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing machine. 
And it's it's so weird to say like, oh, this two hundred and forty thousand dollar car is priced well. Like that's a that's a fucking crazy statement to make, but it's kind of true because if you saw like, all right, wow, that's cool. Look at that Lamborghini or that Ferrari or that you know a few other cars in that class. That's neat. But then you see the McLaren, you're like, that is a goddamn spaceship from planet performance um it's and yet it's it's comfortable inside and it shouldn't be it's comfortable inside you could road trip it very well you'd probably get decent fuel economy if you if you you know weren't shifting it your own and let it go up through the 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 gears because it's only it's a smaller v8 Uh, it's twin turbocharged it's still 562 horse i think so and there's still plenty of power but i feel like if you kept your foot out of it because it's so light and it's a smaller v8 you'd probably see decent fuel economy I didn't. I don't remember what the number was because I didn't even care to look because who cares? Like, I'm, I'm not, it's not like I'm doing the Consumer Reports review. Um, I just, some guy in my Trackhawk video posted a comment like, this is pretty uninformed. You didn't tell us a lot about the car. And I replied calmly, what would you like to have seen? Like, you could have talked about lane departure system and this and that. Like, he was talking about like various safety features. You know what the safety feature of the Trackhawk is? Um, it went in doubt go flat out. Like that's, that's all that you need to know about the track hawk. There's a reason I swore so much in that video. I even put it in the title that I was going to swear and I didn't bleep any of them. I got in the habit of bleeping the swears when it was like one or maybe two in a video. And this one was like, you know what? Fuck it. They're all staying. And they did. So that was fun. Um, but the, uh, what was it going with this? The, oh yeah. For the McLaren, like I, I didn't care about fuel economy because I don't, care about fuel economy most of the time if i'm doing a video for say auto by tell uh, I'll, I'll bring up fuel economy because those are in market th- third party in market shopper focused video reviews and there's a very big difference between that type of video review and a Hooniverse video review and then a review for truck central which is much more of a one take style with permission from matt farrah a one take style video review of a truck. So it's different. Uh, there's still a little bit of, um, enthusiast slant to those. Whereas an auto by tell, like it's hard for me not to be an enthusiast, by the way, if you didn't know, I did other video reviews for auto by tell. You can check those out on their YouTube channel too, or don't whatever. Um, they have a big enough following where it's not as big of a deal, but go to truck central because they that channel's growing well and it's fun. And the guy's great to work with who's in charge of the channel. So that's been a good relationship so far, but definitely, you know, go to Hooniverse too. Even let me put an ad for Hooniverse in one of the last videos we did for them, which was great. Uh, And I'm going to review for Truck Central. Well, I'm going to ride along with Carlos Lago because he has a 70 or 71 Chevy C10. We're going to talk about his truck on Truck Central for it's a segment. Normally over there, I just do the reviews. But they have another segment called Featured where they let someone come on and tell you all about their truck and a host or contributor to the channel rides along and asks questions and, you know, yada, yada. Um, I'm going to do that with Lago in his C10. So that should be great because I miss my F100 a little bit. I mean, I always kind of miss it. It's, I, it's not like a, I'm, I'm not pining for it. Interesting note though, about the Lexus LS500. I recently reorganized my garage and I now have more space down there from when I used to park the truck in there and I barely fit the LS500. So before I reorganized, I would not have been able to fit that car. And I fit an an F100 long bed 
in the garage and I barely fit this Lexus. That is how big that car is. That's crazy. Um, and that's how small trucks used to be though too. So there's that. Um, but I'm going to take a moment here to jump over to the first set of questions of the evening. And of course it's Patreon. Of course it's Patreon. This beer is delicious. Um, I haven't had food or drink directly into the microphone in a while. So for the one guy who complained humorously, humorously, humor with jo- jovially, how's that? That's better. Um, we're doing it again. I'm not being too bad about it though. All right. Though there's an iTunes comment where somebody talked about how unprofessional it was because one of the hosts was um, chomping on ice into the microphone, which I totally might have done and not paid attention to it at all. And I apologize that you guys had to listen to me chew ice. Bobby Reed on Patreon. Patreon is better than the rest of you. You all know that. Bobby Reed. Uh, I've had thoughts of adding a Japanese sports or GT car to my modest collection of enthusiast cars. I mean, you could list, I'd like to hear the the list, but I'm thinking something classic, uh, i.e. 1990s or earlier. I am interested from a fun-to-drive standpoint as, a fo- as opposed to investment potential. Any recommendations? Miata is not the answer. I agree with you. I don't adhere to the Miata as always the answer thing. Um, I personally think something like a ZR2, uh, 300ZX could be a good choice here. I don't think those have skyrocketed quite yet, even though Japanese cars are trending up. Uh, I, it was a car I always lusted after in college because I had an 85Z31 300ZX, which I, well, you said 90s earlier, so you could go with that too. Nobody gives a shit right now about the Z31s. So you could scoop that up far easier than you could a Z32. And the Z31, the cars to get, obviously a turbo, I personally recommend analog dash, manual gearbox, two-seater only. Do not get the two plus two. I, I just the, That rear window line just doesn't work for that car. Um, you're not going to – the best one to get is probably too expensive, and they're rare. It's an, it's an 88 SS, the Shiro Special, white on white. Those cars are dope. I think 86 is the anniversary edition. So that's another special one you could get. I had an 85 non-turbo and I loved it, but I would definitely recommend getting the turbo because those seem to be, my car was, had a top speed of 130. Just that's where it topped out. Whereas the turbos had a top speed of 130 and it was governed. So there's definitely, there was definitely more to them. Um, but I love that car. Uh, Colin's got that like nearly free one, Andrew Collins from Jalopnik, and I was super jealous because I think his is pewter metallic, which is the same one as the one I had in college. Um, yeah. So look at his look at an old Z, e- either Z thirty two if you got Z thirty two money or Z thirty one if you if you want to scoop something up dirt cheap. I don't see Z thirty ones ever taking off, with the exception of the anniversary edition and the nineteen eighty eight SS. Um, the other ones, I just, I don't know. I just don't see it happening, at least not for like decades. Um, and that way you're not getting into RX seven money. You're not getting into 3000 GT and super money. I I don't actually, I don't know where 3000 GTs are, but if you were thinking that do not get an SL, get a VR four only. Um, what else is, I mean, yeah, have fun. You said Japanese sports car. So over 510, 510 would be super rad. 510 wagon, five, yeah, 510 would be rad as well. Dan Mesquita asks, are you getting Sloan into Hot Wheels slash Matchbox cars? We have a few of them. Um, anytime we go to the grocery store, I always take a peek because it's usually like, you know, 
10 for 10 bucks, you know, a dollar per car. I always look personally when I buy myself just to see if there's anything interesting. I'm trying to, she likes going to cars and coffee. So I'm not, I'm not forcing it. Um, if I said, do you want to go see cars tomorrow? Um, and she said, no, we wouldn't go. If she said, yes, we'll go. Uh, if she wants to get a toy, we'll get a toy. So we have a couple of toys in the house, but I'm not forcing it. However, anytime, say I back a car out of the garage to go to daycare in the morning, she's on my seat. She's on my lap. Um, I hold her hand and we push the start button. If it has a start button, I hold her hand and, and shift it into gear and then we back it out of the garage together. So there's little things I'm doing along the way. We talk about cars. She knows that mommy drives a Mazda. She knows daddy's Mercedes, uh, which is a douchey thing to say, even though it's not a douchey Mercedes. Um, but that phrase, you know, daddy's Mercedes, <laughs> it's it's dark blue. It's It's got the blue wheels. It's... It's just spectacular. Um, it isn't. Uh, but so I'm, I'm, I'm not forcing it, but I'm not not forcing it. Uh, so there you go. All right. Jumping over to Twitterverse. David Baltazar at standard six speed. And that's number six. He, I watched this video earlier. He asked, do we need this kind of emotional expression back in vogue to save pro racing? And he linked to a video from 1991, a kart race where AJ Foyt, AJ Foyt was pissed at Jeff Andretti. And the interviewer was trying to ask him questions. And he just, he's so exasperated and pissed off. And he, he lets it known. And then he walks off. And it's, I think there's, I think we need, I think as fans, we need, to see some emotion because it's great. Um, but th- this era, and it's been this way for a while, this era of robotic race car drivers are so good for sponsors because they they don't have to worry as much about somebody fucking up. Oh, though to a degree, Kimi Raikkonen is just, he's a different direction where sponsors would probably be like, Hey man, maybe just crack a smile. Um, but the, like a, like, I, and, I, and I'm about to give you a good example of a sponsor just because I've personally interacted with them, someone who's a good race car driver in all aspects. Um, I'll give you another example too. So the first example is Tanner Faust. He is a consummate pro when it comes to race car drivers. Now, I'm not saying he's a robot. Tanner Faust is, is, is a fun guy to hang around with, but apparently he's a lot more fun when you're away from racetrack stuff. Um, when there's no cameras, when there's no camera phones, when they, when like, I, I know a story of him and a few journalists that might've gone to a strip club and had a really good time. Um, so, but when you ask him questions, like when he first went to Volkswagen, I asked him something about, I don't even remember what I asked him, but it was, it was like a daily driver question. And he mentioned about loving driving his, the Touareg they were letting him borrow. And it was like such a race car driver answer with his sponsors there. He's really good. Another good person is Patrick Long, though he has no reason not to to support Porsche because, I mean, that man lives and breathes Porsche, but he is such a good not... So Tanner and Patrick are... They're not full robots because they do have personalities, but when they are in, then when they are in race car driver mode, they're fairly dry and they are on message and they are perfect. And you you wouldn't... So that's why you could see like on the flip side of even the Volkswagen team, Scott speed might, might be trending back towards something we'd be interested in. (laughs) Like when he wrecked people in the video game and he's like, I don't give a like, fuck, it's a video game. Um, so we need a balance. We need a balance between the robot and, and the, the 
over emotional driver. Um, so there are, I think there are some drivers out there that can provide the emotion. And as fans, we like to see it because we know that they're invested. So I, I'd like to see a return to, if, I mean, if someone's pissed, say it, don't be, you know, but there's so much money in the sponsorship where like, as you get older, you'll be like, uh, you know, maybe you should keep your mouth shut and, 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 and put bank some of that money. So it, it, you start to see both sides of it. Great non-answer by me there. Doubleclutch.ca, Mag, double cl- at doubleclutch.ca, so a Canadian, great Canadian auto journalist. Um, when are you going to visit Toronto? When are you going to visit Toronto to spend time with the 560 SEL and explore the breweries of the Great White North? So one of the one of the people behind this outfit has an amazing 560 SEL that I really would love to to drive and then drool over his also amazing watch collection. I would love to visit. I would love to do all of the things you asked. Um, I will let you know when I'm going there. Um, if someone's paying me to go, that's usually how that happens. So I can't just go. Um, <laughs> Christopher Gatsky at CPGG. Who would win in a battle of coolness, beans or one of the queen's corgis? Beans is one of my two dachshunds. He's a standard wire hair, long hair blend. And though he looks cool, he's actually a bit of a dipshit. He is a rescue and we've worked very hard to alleviate his fear issues. Um, but he's, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a dipshit. Sometimes he's a handsome, he's a handsome devil. Um, but he has his problems. So the Queens Corgis would probably fuck his day up, even though the Queens Corgis are probably inbred as fuck because they probably come from the same line of, you know, a hundred dogs. Okay, let's see. Um, that is not a question for the podcast. That was something I said. Alex, uh, where's... Hold on. I'm trying to find the start of this question. Sometimes those questions don't come through for me. I don't know why Midnight Drift, those questions don't like come direct. I don't like see them till later. Uh, but this is, is a good question. It says, St. Marie... I don't know how to pronounce St. Is it St. Marie or St. Moritz? I never know how to pronounce that. March 1995. You receive a phone call saying that your presence is required in Paris in 48 hours. Train workers on strike. Flights are sold out. So you walk down to the garage of your chalet. What do you choose to drive the 800 kilometers to your pied-a-terre in Montmartre? Uh, 1995. Oh man, I should have pre-read this question. And Alex Kirstein replied, not the wombat. Am I right? Uh, that's terrible. Um, what do I drive to that in 1995? What year? I got to look up a car real quick and I don't want to say what year did it come out? Cause the fact that I don't know is terribly embarrassing though when i give you the answer you're gonna be like oh yeah you're an idiot oh okay cool i'm gonna well no i'm gonna look up a different car fuck i i don't know there's so many good cars um i had to google when the mclaren f1 came out and everybody can groan um all they fucking want you you don't remember everything um okay so i'm gonna say i've been i've been holding on to a porsche 959 for a while and i am taking that and i'm taking oh no i'm taking a rothman's actual Dakar raced 959 because if I have all this hypothetical money let's do this shit right gear wine um all right Greg Catchadurian our news editor what is your full twitter name at Greg C Catch so follow at Greg C Catch um what is he asked 
It's like, so I'm getting a car that comes equipped with 305 millimeter, 305 series Michelin Cup 2s. From your experience as a Chief Bluger, would it be worth switching to a more dri- uh, daily driver-friendly set of Pilot Sport 4S when the Cup 2s wear out in a month, or do I just suck it up and stop being such a plebe? I actually think what you do is drive the car home, buy another set of wheels, immediately switch the track wheels switch the cup twos to your dedicated track wheels and then put the pilot sport four S's on the stock Mustang wheels. And then you're ready to go. And then, so then if you ever decide to start tracking that car, which you probably won't do for a while because it's your brand new, I think this is probably your first new car, right, Greg? I'm assuming. Um, cause you're a young man with a decent job now. Um, uh, so I say I, I do support the switch, but I do think you should don't wear out the cup twos, save them, save them for a, a, a track day in your future. Um, so there you go. Jay Ramey at AWJ Ramey, um, has a good question. What will be the last American non-luxury sedan standing? And I think this is a good question because Lincoln is having a comeback, but they're heavy crossover SUV focused. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just the continental and then they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Um, Buick, eh, who cares? So it might be like, I wonder how well the ATS sells. And then, um, well, you said non-luxury. Oh, fuck. I fucked up. So I was in my head, I always had this as a luxury question because I was going to make a joke about Acura being the last luxury sedan, American luxury sedan standing, but I can't do that. Um, so non-luxury sedan, it's going to be like, it's going to be something like, oh, well, um, no, that's luxury shit. Um, all right, I changed my answer to maybe maybe there'll be like a voltified version of the crew, uh, a voltified version of the cruise, even though that's kind of what that already is, but not exactly. So that's what's going to get my volt, vote, not volt, my vote. So I'm going to go with some variant of the cruise. And that's a terrible answer. That can't be right. It's pro. I, I hope it's the charger. <laughs> fuck, fuck it all. I hope it's the charger. Um, Another question from Team Radar Love at Midnight Drifto. Daimler Chrysler lasted from 98 to 2007, so nine years. Will the, Rombat, will the Wombat project take longer than the entire life of the merger? Does the Wombat even exist? Is the real Wombat the, in, is the, real wombat the engine we swapped into our hearts all along? <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, if I get the car done this year it'll be close to five years four and a half years somewhere in that area i don't know the exact date yet but it makes me sad to think about so thank you um but the end of it was so great and then alice kirstein replied the real wombat was the friends we made along the way which is just so good so untitled car show has a bunch of questions uh, at Untitled Car Show, you were wrong about the Fiero, but I missed out my opportunity to buy the one I wanted, but I may get another. Should I? The answer is yes or no. I can't tell. I don't like Fiero, so you do you. Um, but there's a lot of cars I like that other people would hate. Another question. Want to do 24 hours of Lemons Rally in July? I would need to know. I need to know. look up where it is and all that other stuff and calendar and um, you know, wifey and kiddo make life a lot harder to just do shit like that. But the, the short answer is fucking, of course I would. Um, 
Another question, what's the best worst car? I, the Trackhawk is the best worst car. It's such a dumb car, and it's so good. That's not a great answer because you're probably thinking of, like, what's, like, a really good shit box. The best worst – well, my Civic was one of the – like, a really good bad car. The 2000 uh, Si I had. Uh, and then his last – I think this is his last question. Cars or steak, you only have one pick. Cars, easy. I could I could live without steak. Now, if you said pizza, foo, fuck, we'd have – We'd have some shit to talk about. Um, Michael Caudill at Mike underscore Caudill uh, wants to know about the Ford decision to drop cars. We talked about in the la- that in the last episode, but I think it's extremely short-sighted. As I said, to recap, I think they're just chasing the market. And whenever you're chasing the market, you're, you're, you're liable to put yourself in a position to never catch up to it. So it's, it's nicer when, as much as we can bag on Tesla, Tesla is trying to create a market. And so like, I, I, I don't love what Elon Musk does as the leader of his car company. I want Elon Musk to succeed at everything he is trying to do though, because I fucking love space and the future and technology. And he's making EV cars that could potentially be really good. Their powertrains are good. Um, I just wish he had an actual person with who could run a company um, and not just be like a psychopath Bond villain in there. So, but, but they're not chasing the market. They're, they're forging ahead in the market. Whereas Ford is like, everybody loves crossovers. And even though they've loved crossovers for a fucking decade now, Ford's like, we should, we should probably put our money in crossovers. So Ford is chasing the market. And if you're going to be a global leader in the automotive space, you can maintain in certain markets and figure out where to put your money wisely, which is what they think they're doing. Uh, but it just seems like it just seems like it seems like a move Mitsubishi would make, um, and they kind of are. So uh, let's see. Um, okay, those are all the Twitter ones, which is good because my food. Well, it's not here yet. But um, all right, Facebook questions. Eric Tritko, what is your favorite band from Boston? Uh, Aerosmith. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's an easy answer. Um, they've lasted forever. They're still alive somehow, which is great. Uh, go watch one of my favorite movies just because it hit in a time when I was, you know, in high school. So it was perfect time. One of my favorite movies is Dazed and Confused. I can basically recite the whole, the whole movie and the opening scene as the day kicks off and that, cause it, the movie takes place over the course of one day. The opening scene is cars pulling into the school parking lot. And there was, uh, is it the GTO? I think it's, well, there's a few cars, but one of the GTOs that was driven, the GTO that was driven by the kid who was going to have the party, but then his parents decide not to go on vacation. Um, he, they're pulling into the parking lot and it's, um, it's, um, sweet emotion is playing and just the opening to that song. I mean, come on. My favorite band period is obviously Pearl Jam. And I got to see them play Fenway Park in 2016 and they covered an Aerosmith song and it was awesome. Um, Though Eddie at one point, Eddie Vedder tried to hit one of the Steven Tyler high notes and fucking failed miserably. And it was hilarious. Russell Turnbull, is the new Corolla hatch actually interesting or do you think it could be? Our own Bradley Brownell drove it and I believe he liked it. I am terrible that I didn't read that review and I am sorry, Bradley. I'm going to read it right now because now I feel like a dick. It looks interesting and depending on what it's based under the skin, um, it could be. Uh, So we'll see. 
Josh Ostrander, why do we choose the raddest and most expensive of hobbies? Because they're fun. Josh is referring to the fact that we both like cars and we both now mountain bike together because we're best friends. We're not we're not actually best friends, Josh, but but we're 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 good friends. I, I didn't I feel bad retracting that statement, but I just didn't want you to get too excited. Um <laughs> He's like, if you're listening to this, Josh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> this is getting real awkward now. Uh, Greg Scandalberry, imagine you could run an unlimited racing series that only had one restriction besides sta- safety standards. What would the restriction be? Um, that's a good question. Oh, hold on. I have a delivery. Oh, my pizza's here. Hold on. Dang, son, my pizza arrived way quicker than I thought. Let's rip up these re- remaining Facebook questions so I can eat some pizza. Um, what would my, an unlimited racing series that only had one restriction? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would, I could run it, like drive it or run it and manage it. Um, it would probably be some sort of, fuck, I want to, like, my initial thought was to do some sort of, like, prototype-based racing, like, uh, almost like what the 919, the Porsche 919 tribute car is, but the only restriction would be probably budget, just so that, like, everybody has to work within the same dollar amount. So maybe just to choose an arbitrary amount that teams get, you know, X million to develop their cars. And then from there, whatever they do, so they'll have like an idea of what people are doing. So they'll know like where they should be power wise or weight wise or arrow wise. But the only restriction is you want to run in this series you know, obviously you have to build a car that adheres to these safety standards. We're going to run these tracks across the world. And your only restriction is you have to, you can only use this much money. If you hit that money and you're, you're done, you can't go over it. So there you go. And we'd call it the mega fun, awesome, super great racing series. Patrick Palladino, two cars or one car for the same price around 15,000 total first gen TSX daily and an NA Miata project car, or just pony up for an S 2000 with S two. I, I immediately jump say do TSX daily and an Miata. Um, the S 2000 is a really good car, but it's, it's, it's not like, it's really good, but it's not like that guy i'm i'm saying some sacrilegious shit here it's like it's it's a fantastic car but you have it's there's like no power there not that an na miata has any power but there's something i'm gonna get some hate from this i just i don't know i i I say uh accurate tsx and a miata russell gorley because you could then you could make the miata more focused you wouldn't need to daily it you could you could Really just go nuts with it. Russell Gorley, Ford is shrinking lineup due to market pressure. BMW is serious model bloat trying to capture every niche in the market on the other end of the spectrum. Which automakers do you think are doing the best job of operating in the sweet spot in the middle? Um, hmm. It's a tough call because, you know, uh, yeah, it's... Um, who is operating in the middle? I mean, I mean, Chevy kind of is. They have the big SUVs. They have the small SUVs. They have the big trucks. They have the smaller trucks. They have the bigger sedans. They have the smaller sedans. They have the crossovers. They have the, an electric car. They have an electric hybrid. Um, so there you go. The answer is Chevy. And I'm not going to try to think about it more or I'll get it wrong. <laughs> Chris Kohler. 
Help me with my GM sports car dilemma. Been keeping my eye on C6 vets for a while now. My heart tells me Z06 for that LS7, but I know they have some motor issues. C6 is pretty fucking good, man. I think you'd be all right there. Living in SoCal, a GS with a Targa roof seems like a must. Uh, So the question is, do I go for the 7 liter or save a little cash and spend the savings on modding the LS3? And then there's the Z28 Camaro. That throws everything off because LS7. All three cars can be had for sub-35 right now. Also, do you see C6 prices dropping even further once the C8 arrives? C6s are pretty effing cheap right now, so they might go a little bit lower as they age even more. Um, but I don't... Is, are there really problems with the C6 Z06 engine? I, I know the C7 has its issues, but... Uh, I think even those have been worked out, or unless that I could be wrong. Um, the the Grand Sport is dope. I will say that, especially the newer Grand Sport. Uh, and then the Z28 Camaro is, if you're, I'm just curious how that car would feel as a daily driver. So having the, and if I'm assuming we're talking about the one with the spool valve suspension, and if we're talking about that one, that could be pretty. That could be a pretty amazing machine. Um, but then, that, but then you're in a Camaro, so there's that. So if you can live with driving a Camaro and not seeing anything and, and having to look at it when you get out of it, you know, by all means, go for the Camaro. But otherwise, I think I think get the the C6 Z06. Um, yeah, get the C6 Z06 and 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 be a, a happy person and live your best life. Um, and, and that's where we're ending it because my motherfucking food is here and my beer is getting low. So I should refill it with what's left of the Alpine duet I mentioned before. Um, follow me on on Twitter at Jay Glucker. Follow at The Real Hooniverse. Follow me on Instagram at Hooniverse Jeff. Go to Hooniverse.com. Go to ShoutEngine.com if you want your own podcast. Go to our YouTube channel and please subscribe. I think I'm supposed to tell people to click the notification button, but I don't, and that's probably a big mistake. Um, Go to check out Truck Central, please. Definitely do that. And then we'll see you next week. Peace out.